Chapter Eighteen of The Girl Next Door by Augusta Yule Seaman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jennifer Dalman. The Major has a further inspiration. The captain, who was puffing out his pipe, appeared serious. I don't like the looks of this thing at all, he muttered, reaching it in his pocket for the letter. But what did he say? Tell us quick, cried Marcia we've been nearly crazy there in the kitchen waiting to have cicely go so we could hear what he says well i'm glad she did go first acknowledged the captain for somehow i wouldn't care to have her hear just yet what the major has to say he thinks but i'll read his letter and you can understand what i mean here it is about the chinese name first the one you sent certainly does have a familiar sound to me especially the last two syllables i distinctly remember that the name jack carringford was called by in an inn elang or something that sounded amazingly like it i wouldn't bank on that entirely however for the chinese language is the most confusing and idiotic jargon ever invented by the mind of man and there might be a dozen other words ending the same and meaning something entirely different here's a fact more to the point though since writing to you last i've been busy communicating with several old chums of the china days what i've been trying to find out is does anyone know what has become of carringford by the third year after his unfortunate marriage he had pretty well dropped out of sight still i thought i knew of one or two who might have kept some track of him even after that one of them danforth pettingill an old chum of jack's is now living in new york and i thought he'd probably know as much as anyone so i wrote to him at the very start and yesterday received this answer it seems that carringford and his wife lived with her father for some time till about two years after their marriage when a little daughter was born then the old mandarin who was fearfully annoyed because the baby was not a boy girls being of no earthly account in china as you know made it so unpleasant for the couple that they finally left his establishment it was then that they began their roaming existence terribly hampered by the baby of course and never remaining long in any city at last the wife contracted the plague and died very suddenly and carringford was left alone with the baby on his hands it was at this time that he dropped completely out of sight and pettingill never heard from him again he thinks however from a very substantial rumor that carringford went back to england taking the child with him he didn't go to his own folks though that's certain for pettingill has heard from them occasionally and they never mention him there was another rumor afloat about him for a time that he had taken to earning his living by singing at cheap concerts under an assumed name all of which might be entirely likely but what became of the child pettingill never knew nor anyone else i'm afraid well that's all i've ascertained up to date but i am still on the track and if i hear any further news i will let you know at once when the captain stopped reading all of them looked very serious and no one said a word for several minutes you see he began at last why i don't like the looks of the thing it seems to cover almost all the points we've been in doubt about though of course it does leave quite a little to conjecture i somehow dislike to think of little cicely as a mixture of chinese and english in fact it's almost impossible to think of her as such 
and yet it seems remarkably near the truth if that man assumed a name interrupted marcia i suppose it might as easily be marlowe as anything else just as easily admitted captain brett and he went back to england just where cicely came here from added janet lugubriously but then why doesn't cicely remember something about him cried marcia hopefully he may have been dead a good while or he may have sent her off somewhere else answered the captain dashing this hope he wouldn't be likely to drag a child about in any such life as he must have had to lead they all sank into a depressed silence again suddenly marcia had another idea but look here she exclaimed major goodrich says that the man was at hong kong and the bracelet says amoy as plain as plain can be isn't that enough proof that it can't be the same one again the captain had to dampen her hopes they might have gone to amoy to be married he said it's entirely possible you can't tell anything about that and besides put in janet you got the bracelet in hong kong didn't you captain brett so if it really belonged to those people it was still pretty near home well it is useless to conjecture about these things added the captain what bothers me most of all is the question of what earthly connection all of this can have with miss benedict there doesn't seem to be the least likelihood that the carringfords were any relations of hers and unless cicely was simply sent here on chance because it was known that she was a wealthy woman and might be willing to provide for the child i'm quite at a loss to explain it i wonder if there's any way we could find out mused marcia i know a very good way declared janet simply ask her what and explain all the strange business about cicely's parents right away demanded marcia oh no just ask her if she ever had any connections in england named carringford she'll either say yes or no to that and if she says yes why then we'll know we're on the right track and can think what to do next janet's advice is pretty good asserted captain brett and if i were you i would put the question to miss benedict the next time you see her it's about the only way i can think of now to solve this riddle and so it was decided that the very next day when the girls expected to go and visit cicely they should ask miss benedict the dread question cicely met them at the gate the next afternoon oh i'm so glad you've come she cried i'm really very lonely miss benedict is going to be away all afternoon because she has some business to attend to she says we can sit in the garden at this piece of news the girls faces fell why what's the matter questioned cicely don't you care to i thought you'd be rather pleased indeed it will be fine declared marcia striving to hide her disappointment at the news that miss benedict would not be visible that day she and janet had counted so positively on having one at least of their vexed questions settled immediately that it was difficult to feel that they must wait two or three days more for on the morrow cicely was to visit them as they now spent alternate days at each other's houses and on the day after captain brett had promised to take the three of them on a trip up the hudson all that afternoon however marcia and janet were noticeably inattentive and absent-minded once marcia who was reading aloud to the others stopped short in the middle of a sentence and remained for three whole minutes gazing off at nothing and at this cicely could contain her wonder no longer girls are you by any chance annoyed at me she ventured 
Marcia suddenly dragged herself back to the affairs of the moment. Of course not, dearie. How could you think such a thing? She declared heartily. Then something else is the matter, insisted Cecily. You are worrying about something. I never knew you to act so strangely. Now tell me, aren't you? Marcia glanced uneasily at Janet. Well, yes, we are, she admitted reluctantly. But please don't ask us anything about it just yet, Cecily. Something that has come up lately seems kind of queer and, and unpleasant, but it may turn out to be all right in the end. So we don't want to tell you until we know positively. Cicely looked alarmed. Is it, is it anything to do about me? She faltered. But perhaps I oughtn't to ask. Marcia looked terribly unhappy at this question, and Janet came to her rescue. Yes, it is, Cicely, she declared with assumed cheerfulness. Captain Brett has stumbled across something that seems as if it might have some connection with your affairs. But we don't want you to hear about it until we are positive. Now don't worry about it, because I am perfectly certain everything is going to turn out all right. You won't worry, will you? She put her arm around Cicely and laid her cheek against the golden hair. No, I'll try not to, Cicely assured them. And I promise not to ask you another thing about it till you are ready to tell me yourselves. After that, she settled down quietly. But it was apparent to the girls that, in spite of her assurances, she was worried and nervous and unhappy. Presently, Janet had an inspiration. You two sit here. I'm going out for a few moments, she announced, determined to break the tension of unrest and nervousness by some diversion. Nor would she reveal to them what her errand was to be. She returned in twenty minutes, however, with a box of delicious French ice cream and some dainty cakes. And for the next half hour, they had a gay time in the garden, serving and consuming the welcome treat. In the end, they had temporarily quite forgotten the unhappiness of the earlier hour. And when they returned home, the two girls left Cicely laughing and cheerful. Nor did she, all through the ensuing two days, refer in any way to their conversation in the garden. If the matter worried her, she gave no sign, and the girls could not help imagine admiring her self-control. Three days later, Marcia and Janet went again to spend the afternoon with Cicely, and found to their relief that Miss Benedict was at home. At least they learned the fact from Cicely. The lady herself they did not see when they entered, and indeed there was a chance that they might not have so much of a glimpse of her during their visit, for it frequently happened that she was not visible during an entire afternoon. Would she speak to them that day? that was the question and what was even more important would they have a chance to speak to her unobserved by cicely for they did not wish the girl to overhear what they had to ask nor even to know that they were seeking an interview with her guardian for the major part of the afternoon it did not seem as if their wish would be granted miss benedict did not appear and so nervous and anxious they were that they could scarcely keep their thoughts on the conversation that cicely was striving to keep up or later on the book that they were reading cicely had declared that her room seemed very warm so they were sitting once more in the garden this also was a disappointment for it lessened considerably their chances of seeing the lady of their hopes Half-past five came round, and still they had not attained their wish. Marcia had just risen with a resigned sigh to propose that they take their departure, when the side door opened and Miss Benedict appeared. 
at the sight of her the hearts of marcia and janet gave a delighted thump and they greeted her with a pleasure the warmth of which she could not entirely understand but now came the problem of getting cicely out of the way for a time it was evident that she had no intention of leaving them on her own accord and it was marcia's happy idea that solved this riddle cicely she suddenly inquired did you happen to finish that book i lent you last week oh yes i finished it last night i meant to return it to-day said cicely wait a moment and i'll get it from my room you must be anxious to finish it yourself i know and she hurried indoors unconscious of the unutterable relief with which they watched her go when she was out of sight marcia turned to miss benedict please pardon me for asking a personal question she began hurriedly but it is only because we think that it is something that concerns cicely did you ever have in england or anywhere any relatives or or even friends by the name of carringford miss benedict was bonneted and veiled as usual so they could not see her face and they would have given much to have been able to read her expression when she heard this question but she answered very promptly and positively no i never knew of any one at all by that name why do you ask they could hear cicely's footsteps returning down the stairs only because we have discovered something in connection with the people of that name which seems to concern cicely marcia explained hastily some time we will tell you about it we thought perhaps you'd know them please please don't tell cicely we have spoken about it just yet miss benedict only had time to signify that she would follow their request when cicely appeared in the doorway and the interview was over as they walked home later they both admitted to a feeling of intense relief that miss benedict at least knew nothing about any carringfords of course her not knowing them doesn't prove anything declared janet but one thing is certain if she had known them it would have been positive that all this horrid story is connected with cicely but as she doesn't it gives one more chance that it has nothing to do with her as they entered the hall of the apartment the captain called out to them from the living-room hurry in girls there's another letter from the major waiting for you End of chapter 18, The Major Has a Further Inspiration.